Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Next is now. So, Chris, give us your take on uh, how messaging is going. Uh, Dr. Oz, I think, is someone you want over you if you're uh, you know, having uh, a heart surgery or something like that. But uh, do you want him uh, overseeing your, your Senate? 35 ways that beats uh, can help you uh, have <laughs> healthier budget legislation. Um, you know, the, the news that Mehmet Oz is moving to Pennsylvania, basically, or has, I guess, purchased a home in Pennsylvania, uh, and he's going to run for the United States Senate is indicative of, look, celebrity candidates are not new per se, um, but we could be, could be heading in a direction in which politics becomes entertainment per se, right? Mm -hmm. It is itself, becomes itself entertainment. Therefore, to be in politics, you have to be an entertainer and to deal with a I'm not here to tell you that the system was great before, that we, we, everything was perfect. But in the old days, here's how it went. Boring people had to build coalitions by raising money, uh, building a network, starting at a local level, working up through the county, through the state to get elected, to get into Congress, to get this job, da-da-da-da-da. And that was uh, the life of a successful politician. The Without the old structures. So mm-hmm. and here we're talking about things like small dollar online donations, which have been a terrible poison uh, to our political system, because as it turns out, uh, courting campaign contributions through rage clicks yeah. is not an improvement over having fat cats writing checks, right? We, we traded one problem for another one, which I think is probably more damaging. Yeah. But the other thing is in an atomized media universe, where people are so siloed into they only watch this or they only read that, they don't do the other thing. In order to break through, you may, a celebrity status may be important. Why, if you're Dwayne Johnson, uh, The Rock, uh, his new Netflix movie, not so hot, but <laughs> he's a very popular guy. He's a very likable guy. So if you're the Democrats, at some point do you say, yeah, why, why don't we just nominate this guy who is already famous and already popular because he can break through some of those silos? I think Dr. Oz is too weird, um, and I think – but I'll, I'll put it this way. Pennsylvania, of all of the states where the Republicans are uh, on defense in a serious way, Pennsylvania looks like the hardest one. Pat Toomey may have been the only kind of Republican who could get it done there. And by the way, a lot of credit to Pat Toomey, who managed to be a explicitly conservative – 
Republican from Pennsylvania. Now, he had to do some fancy footwork, and he had to pick his moments, but he managed to put together a very conservative voting record and stayed true to himself while representing a state that is more left than right. I think when you look at the Senate map, Ohio, I, who knows? Ohio's gotten a lot more Republican. Uh, Arizona looks really hard for Republicans right now because their primary – it is not clear that their primary is going to produce a good candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, we'll see in Georgia another celebrity candidate, Herschel Walker, uh, the beloved uh, Georgia football star. Uh, that I, I have to think that Walker is has to be favored to win simply because – uh, Raphael Warnock is a terrible fit for the state, right? Yeah. He is. He got in on a fluke, and I have to think that he's the most vulnerable incumbent Democrat. I don't know whether Walker can be a disciplined enough candidate to cash in on that. I think it would be better for Republicans if they played it a little safer, but we'll see. Pennsylvania stands out as the place where Republicans have the toughest battle space, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know how things are going to turn out, but... I don't know that, that the weirdness of Dr. Oz is the answer. <laughs> yeah, and, and contrasting uh, Dr. Oz uh, to Pat Toomey <laughs> is uh, – yeah. now, Pat Toomey may have been a former football player, but that was a different era and uh, and a guy who uh, always came with a really sharp pencil uh, and looking at all the zeros yeah. uh, in a significant way. I don't think Dr. Oz is going to be looking at that. It, it may be the beet juice treatment that you're talking about. It's beet juice for the deficit. <laughs> it it just might work. Uh, one last thing before I, I let you go, uh, Chris, and and that is as as you start kind of projecting forward. We talked about gas prices. We talked about not uh, going going in the lunacy uh, camp of things. Uh, what else is out there that might be just under the radar that no one's really talking about yet? But but you've got your eye on that we should be at least kind of monitoring as we roll into twenty twenty two. Uh, that could have an impact as uh, we get towards the back half of the year. You know the story about the two fish, right, the the two young fish that go out for a swim, and they go out in the morning, and an old fish is swimming up in the other direction, and he says, morning, boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim along for another minute, and then one looks at the other one and says, what's water? <laughs> um, we very often don't know what we're swimming in, right? Mm. Uh, the The things that are around us, George Orwell put it, uh, to see the nose on one's face requires a daily struggle. And that is the truth. And what we have forgotten a lot about in our politics right now is this is about coronavirus, right? This is about the, the, the discussion that we are having nationally is still about coronavirus. The Virginia election and the New Jersey election were both about coronavirus. In Virginia, they said it was the schools, but it was really about the school's response to coronavirus. In New Jersey, it was about the draconian uh, restrictions that, uh, that Phil Murphy put in place there. So I would I put it this way. Democrats failed spectacularly on the Delta variant. Uh, they panicked. Their safety culture uh, triggers all went off. And they Americans were so pleased to be coming out, right? Mm-hmm. The summer was com- it was going to be good. We've done it. The vaccines are here. And instead of doing the correct thing, which is to say there's a Delta variant coming, if you don't want to die, you should go get vaccinated because it will kill you. And that's instead of focusing on that, they they went halfway and it was some masks. It was more it was the reimposition of these restrictions. If Democrats, if the White House 
and Democrats at the state level. And certainly we, we've seen examples. Uh, Jared Polis, the governor of uh, Colorado, has actively rejected more restrictions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. Go get your boosters. Go get vaccinated. We're not doing it. The single biggest test for Democrats in a lot of ways is going to be whether they can, among their own number, convince themselves that a vaccine-forward approach, to be confident in that and not slip back into panicky shutdown stuff. Because I'll tell you right now, those same persuadable voters we're talking about with gas prices and other things have had it. They have absolutely had it with lockdowns and restrictions. Uh, Biden knows it. We'll see whether he can convince his party of it. Yeah. Uh, Great insight as always and uh, always helping us get to that struggle for the truth. That is the struggle every day. And uh, Chris Steyerwalt helps us break into that, break through that uh, and realize what we're actually swimming in. Chris, thank you so much for making time for us today. I love being with you. Have a great day. All right, again, that's uh, Chris Steyerwall from the Dispatch, a resident fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. And uh, I, I love that phrase that, you know, to be able to recognize the nose on one's face requires a daily struggle. Uh, because sometimes we just don't really think about what we're actually swimming in or what we're actually doing. I think this is where the administration has struggled. Uh, they're not uh, really paying attention to what the American people are swimming in and how that's playing out. And so all of those things are, are really fascinating thing. Uh, things for me to look at. And it also gets to this point that uh, Chris made, which was about this performative kind of politics. And what does it take to actually win? We're going to stay with that part of the conversation. Actor uh, Matthew McConaughey will not be running for governor of the state of Texas, but he put out a really interesting video about what it means to engage in public service. We'll break that down coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.